I don't know how to describe this because I don't know what the good lefty take is on this. But it's the one thing in life. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of complicated, that right? You make an insane amount of money just based strictly on evaluated physical gifts <laughs> that you have no control over and your potential. It is kind of a it is kind of a moral paradox, right? Yeah. Because it's you don't want to say that GM should be better at picking players based purely off of their physical attributes, but that's what the game is. That's what it is. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's one of the shitty facts about life is that <laughs> your physical prowess and gifts determine so much of your trajectory. Yeah, that's true. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, was there a time that you could have, that there was like a fork in the road and you could have gone in one direction or the other sort of like a david foster wallace thing you ended up a podcaster but you could have been a i could have been a tennis player i could probably i could have, i could have probably legitimately have been if i had dedicated myself to my fitness i could have probably got a world ranking mm. maybe that'd be cool. i mean that uh, okay i'm gonna walk that back that's <laughs> They only rank 1,800, and I'm sure that I couldn't get... I don't know. That's a lot of players, though. I have a, a victory over the uh, the best junior in the country of Panama. Really? Yeah. <coughs> in the year 2002 or 1. Now, 1,800 players is... You could do that. It's kind of like being on the New York Times bestseller list. It's the, they make it seem like it's this big thing, but all you got to do is like sell 5,000 books. Yeah. And then you're on. Then you're on. Yeah, which doesn't, that seems achievable. Well, if you know 500 people, and then they know, yeah. do the math for me here. I've got, I've painted myself to a corner. If they know five other people, if every person, if 500 people know five people. And they all tell them to buy this book, and they do, you're in business. That would get you, what, 2,500? I guess you would 25, need 10,000. 500 people need to know 10 pe people each. Anyways, that's the I way. I can't do basic math. How how do you think p p kids who could do math in their head, like, what is it? What do they got going on up there that's that allows them to do that? They just see numbers and it just all adds up. Alex, were you good at math in your head? Math in my head? Yeah, were you good at doing math in your head? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, point is, you need to sell 5,000, and that seems achievable. Yeah, yeah. Look at him in his hat. <laughs> Louise is very concerned right now that we're going to like go and drown on this trip. And I'm like, you know, Alex is there. Uh, he's helped me out of a few um, bad... You know, if you, what would you say? Like a few. Alex, help me. I've I've been I've been in a dicey situation on the water with Alex. Before. I put Tom in a dicey situation. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm responsible for Tom not going back in the water. Yeah. I hit my head so hard on that rock. <laughs> I still I still think about that. The light should have went out, but yeah. Well, if you were. <laughs> that was a fun trip. Yeah, that was a fun trip. Well. He's got the physical prowess you need for a river guide. You've got a very river guide physique. 
<laughs> you don't you don't ever think you're in a pinch with Alex. If right. there's uh right, right. if you're getting ready to get into fisticuffs, you think I got a solid second right here. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just reassuring, you know, it's placebo. It's nice coming. Yeah. <laughs> We're very compliment heavy people. Yeah, up north they don't give compliments. <laughs> That's a vast generalization. <laughs> Man, they We bu- have this notion that everybody above the Mason Dixon is just scowling their face. God damn. It's I think uh Southerners pride themselves on like really hating the participation trophy generation. <laughs> but it's really the Northerners. <laughs> Those are the ones that really hate the participation trophies. We love them. Yeah. Are we the participation trophy generation? Is that what they say about us? Is that what the old people say about well, us? You know what I think is so fucking funny about that? It's like if we are like, they're the ones that came up with the participation trophy system. It's like we didn't do that as children. Very true. <laughs> it is really funny that that generation um, is so was so, probably more so than any other generation. And I only say that like because our generation might be one of the first to sort of put the idea out there that the self actually isn't all that exists. But I feel like that generation, like that boomer generation and the one right after it, was people saying, you know, you're unique. There's no one like you. You can do anything you want. You know what I mean? Like, you... um Well, it's interesting you brought this up. I just finished the uh, Andrew Cunanan... Uh, miniseries. What's that? About the assassination of Gianni Versace. Oh, really? Yeah, and his dad uh, made him believe he was a special boy. <laughs> he called he called him his prince and gave him the master bedroom in their new house they moved into, and they had two other children. What? Yeah. <laughs> so he... So he went on to, <laughs> to kill some people. So he... Who? Versace did? And, Andrew Cunana. Oh. He was the guy that killed they Versace? They killed Versace. Why did he kill him? Uh, well... I think basically the gist of it was that he was like this guy that was like a male prostitute and hooking up with yeah um like all these like rich guys like he murdered Lee Miglin who was like a Chicago real estate tycoon <laughs> really and, yeah. so he's a serial killer so I mean if you think about it not <laughs> bad praxis honestly so he's just out here like killing billionaires yeah. So you're saying basically, though, he benefited Versace from... probably not a billionaire, but I mean... Right. He's a millionaire. He still probably exploited people's labor to in mass. build his empire. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, you're right. So basically, so, what so we're basically saying... the official Trillbilly stance is Andrew <laughs> Cunanan was a comrade. And to raise your children... Pick, pick one out of all your kids who you think will go the farthest... Isolate him, give him everything you, he or she wants. They give him everything bought, they want. He bought him a Porsche at age fourteen. <laughs> Couldn't even drive it. Yet. So, but Andrew Cannon was also bourgeois. Apparently, sounds like. Um, so his dad was a Philippine Filipino immigrant. That kind of like you know mm-hmm. is one of the rare exceptions of the bootstrap thing. Yeah, and uh, I guess got a job with like Merrill Lynch, maybe. You know, Andrew Cunanan's enabling father, probably a comrade, because he embezzled a lot of money <laughs> off of Merrill Lynch <laughs> and ran off to the Philippines with it. Is this your everyone? I'm not co-signing his abuse of Andrew and his mother, <laughs> but uh, um, this is my st- this is like my stance on the Unabomber. 
I'm rehabilitating the Cunanans. Yeah. Well, it's like we said, if you want, there's, is he still in prison? No, he killed himself. Oh. Yeah. After he, he got. Put a, pulled a gun on himself. He, basically, uh, spo- there's some spoilers here, but after he killed Versace and Meg, like he killed all these people like in a span of like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then well, there was like a manhunt that lasted a little bit, and then he shot himself. Um, the whole thing wrapped up in a few weeks, though. In your social justice league, okay, could you imagine, like, um, you've got the Unabomber, and he's, um, you've got, okay, so opening shot of a film. You've got the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, is that his Ted name? Ted Kaczynski, yeah. He's like, um, he is just in his prison cell, just got his feet kicked up, and he's just like, fuck. You know, in prison, and then um, all of a sudden, a massive hole just blows up in the side of his prison wall, and then just like through, like stepping through it is like Andrew Kanan and that guy. But he's like the ghost of Andrew Kanan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 they're like Ted, come on, quick. Um, the Social Justice League has been s- assembled. Like we're busting you out. <laughs> he's like GOP is trying to pass a. <laughs> The GOP is trying to pass another tax cut. <laughs> Not on our watch. It's like I've said, you don't want his skills going waste, is what I'm saying. I'm going to go uh, fuck Ted Cruz, dress him up in panties, <laughs> then slash his throat. What are you going to do? Um, God damn. Well, speaking of Ted Cruz... Um... <laughs> That's a hard bit. Yeah. That's a... Ted Cruz had a... Ted Cruz... Ted Cruz's solution to the child separation... Oh, that's, that's ought to be good. Yeah, no, he he's proposed a bill. It's called, like, Protecting Something Children... I don't even remember the name of it. It's got a sort of typically Orwellian name. And in typical Ted Cruz fashion, what's going to happen is in two weeks... He's going to, like... <laughs> push this shit for about two weeks then he's just gonna go along with whatever Trump's doing Protect, it's called Protect Kids and Parents Act <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put them in tents in an enclosed <laughs> area and make sure that nothing gets them yeah fucking schmuck um isn't it funny though how all those the craziest bills like the most insane batshit bills have the nicest names it's like the Protect Parents and Children Act. That's what we want to do, right? Protect <laughs> yeah. Parents and children. So yeah, here we are. What's going on over there? You got anything in What's the? You got any pieces to speak? Yeah, not really. Like, let me take a stab at it, can yeah. I? Yeah, it's why don't you? Th- why don't you, you said it's a little light. It's I very mean, light. Why don't you read the one in the far left first? The big one I circled. It's pretty uh, bad, Tom. The thing is, is that when things are bad. <laughs> <laughs> you just read the first sentence. This was bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, when like really crazy news dominates, the speaker piece gets incredibly bleak. It's it's a good it's a good sort of barometer or gauge on like um how sort of desperate people are. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm and I don't mean that like materially. I mean like desperate for blood. They want blood. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Let's start right at the top, Mr. President. <laughs> America's people are proud of what you are doing. We do wish that you would declare it 
M13. M13. <laughs> Not a firecracker. <laughs> Not MS13. We do just wish that you would declare M13 a terrorist group so we can stop this murdering, drug dealing, and transforming young children's brain pressure to be put into the M13 club. What the? F- That's not even a sentence. Mr. Well, President. M13 isn't a thing. M13 isn't a... a <laughs> I like how they call it the M13 club. Like they're playing <laughs> golf on the weekends. Uh, Mr. President, you can do it with a stroke of a pen. American people are not stupid. We know what the Democrats have done. Not all of them. Well, dude. There are good Democrats. <laughs> wait 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 that's like the same thing we say about cops there are a few good ones. I, well, I, like, I don't say that no but people do. people do yeah. <laughs> there uh <laughs> there are good democrats yeah there are they there a, are few. a few good ones that used to be your favorite insult to me <laughs> i was really pissed at alex one time and i called him i said alex you're a good democrat and it cut him so low it oh. cut him so low just look at his face. <laughs> I wish you two had went through when I was on the council and become uh, the first Marxist cops. Uh, Remember that bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Move along, man. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, they're good Democrats. We Okay, let's see. Uh, get your wall built. They're whining and crying about parents being separated from their children, but social services have separated parents and children since they became an organization also. <laughs> God bless America. Hoorah. Are you shitting me? Oh, I swear to God. Oh, my God. Well, here's the thing. And, and it's really interesting that that, that comment po- points this out, like with a stroke of a pen. Because I don't know if you remember this, but in 2008... It seemed like every fucking thing that got proposed that Obama said ran on, once he got elected, he was just like, oh, well, there's oh, nothing oh, I can do about it. This. This, this is in Congress's hands. <laughs> he could he could ban clothes. He could ban clove cigarettes. Did he do that? <laughs> he really did. That was like one of the first laws he signed into law. He might have even done that before they bailed the banks out. They like passed the law to ban clove cigarettes. Uh, first things first. <laughs> we... Uh, we have to get rid of these very pleasant smelling. <laughs> um, yeah. But here's the thing. Like, yeah, like, Trump is now proving that all of those things that the Democrats said they couldn't fucking do in 2008, like stop the war immediately, could. close Guantanamo, they actually could fucking do it, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> and they could have did it unencumbered for Obama's first two years. He, they had uh, They had no checks. Houses. Yeah. No checks. <laughs> Well, we get done banning club cigarettes and cash for clunkers. And now, it's just it just fucking kills me. <laughs> With a stroke of a pen, Mr. President, the American people are not uh, see. Stupid. And, the, and the last thing that we needed is somebody that calls MS13 the M13 Club, <laughs> knowing that <laughs> Trump has the pen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's dude, and that's the thing. It's just like, um, ostensibly, it's not. I mean, okay, I don't think Trump sat down and said, uh, we got to start putting him in cages, blah, blah, blah. Like, essentially, he like went to Jeff Sessions and um, said, Jeff, they're all rapists and whatever. Just make sure that they all inflict as much harm as possible. Zero tolerance. He probably, in his like stream of consciousness, probably mentioned that at one point. Like, zero tolerance. <laughs> it's like when, uh, like when he was... Uh 
you know, when he was talking about the Space Force, like, you know, that was a news item. Like, <laughs> that seems like so long ago now. <laughs> but uh, he's like, um, it's going to be like the Air Force, separate but equal. <laughs> I don't he think he knows what separate but equal meant. That man. did get buried amongst a lot of sh- really insane shit this week. But he literally said separate but equal. Like, he has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> And that also suggests that also suggests to me that he was like somebody had just put that in front of him and he'd read that like that was on his mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Well, it's the thing. It's just like it's the thing. It's the thing with like Melania wearing that jacket today. Yeah. I don't actually think that was intentional, and I don't think Trump saying separate but equal was intentional. No, they are literally just that, that tone fucking deaf. Stupid. Yeah, that fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or counterpoint to that, Trump might have asked her to wear that because he knew that would get like some kind of headline. You know, it, even it, then, that's like that's like a Kanye move. Like Trump is just not even anywhere near yeah, that level true. of like He's got fucking manipulation. Holes in his brain. Exactly. <laughs> All he understands is brute force. Yeah. You know, and that's why Law and Order, separate but equal, Space Force. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just one of the weird hallmarks of our time that, like, you know, you have crime is going down. Yeah. Um, been dropping. Has been dropping, but they are, they are revamping a sort of justice department and approach to policing that was born out of an era of high crime. And, and the same thing with immigration. The, our immigration numbers now are... Have are way below what they were in the in around to the year two thousand, but they are coming up with harsher policies to punish those people and penalize those people. It's like they the those these things that they're saying are a huge problem. Like Chicago, he's always talking about Chicago and the gangs and all that. Yeah. And it, it's it, people have pointed this out on Twitter a lot, but yeah, it's literally like they're. Reference for everything is just the 90s. Yeah. The 80s and 90s. Yeah. Specifically the early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> the, which, big, the big disaster films like Adam Curtis talks about in the, like, the Wall Street. Which was a very, you know, and that's the thing, man. Um, I was reading the other day about the 1992 Republican convention. And the very first night they had a very similar thing to like what they had at the 2016 Republican convention. And maybe they always have these. I'm not entirely sure, but essentially it was very. Um, <laughs> Nobody was checking for. Uh, was that Bob Dole? No, Bob Dole was 96, wasn't it? Who was who, who, George, George H. Yeah, George H. was then. Yeah, he right. ran. Yeah, he yeah, ran yeah, again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was just like this incredibly. Um, you know, you had guys like Newt Gingrich and like I don't know. I guess what what I've been thinking about a lot this week and last week with all these news stories about. Um, the detention centers, the concentration camps, and and especially like the right's response to them, is that like we really are seeing now the the depths that there are to the this I don't know like the fundamentalist set in this country. Yeah, America is such a fundamentalist country. Like I was reading the other day about how in the eighties, every time the the Reagans, every time the Reagan administration even mentioned like Libyan terrorism. Like the tourism and economy in Europe would dip massively because Americans would get so fucking scared that they wouldn't go to Europe because they thought that around every corner was just a Libyan waiting to blow them the fuck up. 
And it's like they, these these trends and these like thoughts. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, Libyan terrorism. Yeah, in, Libyan in terrorism. Yeah, that like was the, his, that was bombing the, in Italy. That was the bogeyman yeah. of the eighties. Remember, right, yeah. they even like they went no after Gaddafi. Gaddafi. Yeah, that's they, right. They even like shot down a Libyan airplane. PBS News hours like it, they would do those little things, and it's like they have the capability to send a bomb. In Back to the Future, the first one, the Libya, the 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 terrorists are Libyans. You remember that? Like yeah, in the yeah. parking lot, like they're Libyans. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyways, that was like the bogeyman back then. Yeah, but. I guess what I'm saying is that, like, um, these, and it's really interesting to watch, like, conservatives like Steve Schmidt and stuff, like, on Twitter, who joined the party back then in the 80s, be like, well, this is just a step too far. <laughs> this, is not the, this is not the party I joined. Yeah. Like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? What, were you, what do you think you were signing up for? I don't understand it. Yeah, like, what did they think? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. fucking insane there. I really don't know. But, um, yeah, bad week. Good follow-up to that. Any parent that would put their child in that position does not deserve a child. Dude, there are like six more in that. Why worry about them? I'm assuming they're talking about the the immigrant kid thing. Yeah. There are there are like several more in in that same vein. Oh. Dude, that that it is it is so bad. It is so bad. And I don't know if you remember this, Alex. In like 2012 after around the time of the election, like um just me getting in arguments with people about like uh I mean like I saw the real depravity of these people in 2012. You know what I mean? Like people who were so fucking mad that Obama won again. Mostly I'm talking about my family members <laughs> who were so mad. They were like worked up into a white supremacist frothing rage on Facebook talking about how they wanted to turn Texas into like um what it used to be and have it secede and basically be like a, just a white realm uh you know what i mean just leban's realm essentially and like you know, i don't know it's just the things people said about like taking welfare away from and i children. would i would surmise that their life did not change in any meaningful way at all and during that entire eight years <laughs> it's like when people get their fucking panties in a knot about 9-11 and don't get me wrong it's a fucking terrible thing but i'm saying like when they feel this very visceral tide of that, it's like your life did not change in like in the immediate aftermath. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. you know, you're just fucking they gouged you on gas prices for like two days. Well, the, the gas prices were probably and better. Then I mean, once we got to war, then yeah, okay. <laughs> you want a mic? You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I have a four-year-old as a parent. I'm, I'm just, I don't know, plant devils Paul to the point of, oh, just not having much in the way of words. But th- these guys, they, they can care about a child. I don't know. You remember Elian Gonzalez? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, fuck. How much did we spend on that one child to get him here? Right. Yeah. I forgot all about that. I forgot about Elian. What was that? And they want to talk shit about parents, like, trying to create a better life for their children. Right. You know? know? Uh, Like, what? They think it's, like, just cupcakes? Like, why would they take their kids away from cupcakes? And the thing is, is they don't actually, and and this is the thing about Republicans, is that they don't, they've sort of championed themselves as, like, the party of family values or whatever in, in trying to protect the atomic nuclear f- unit family unit or whatever tucker carlson even had a tweet or rant he went on the other night 
about Alex. I don't know if you saw this. He he literally said that immigrants pose an obstacle to everyday Americans trying to succeed. Like he he literally it was just it's just totally like Third Reich talking point that like immigrants are literally standing in the way of the whites middle class Americans' ability to. To uh, to be successful. Well, you know, I you know I live in Buffalo now, and you know we've had a, a pretty heavy you know population uh, uh, decrease you know over decades, and like one of the things that uh, has been contributing to the supposed comeback or revitalization of Buffalo is we've had, you know, unless you know I, I can't remember, but you know in recent years we've had about fifteen thousand uh refugees right come to the area and you know they've taken these dilapidated parts of the city and they are building a new economy in buffalo i mean we want they want to say it's the governor's you know buffalo billion or whatever but it's the influx of people right. into the area <clears throat> and in our case it's refugees immigrants so you know i i you know i i don't see it right i just don't it's weird it's weird though like for a party that spends so much time talking about families, though, um, it's like, when you think about it, families aren't irrational to profit-making. Like, they're actually, they actually... They're an impediment. They're an impediment really? to profit-making, right? Like, you, like, to to be able, for a capitalist system that they want, for it to work and to sort of, like, create as much fucking wealth and profit as possible... Every single human being has to be alienated and reduced to his just very most isolated Because you, you have to keep a cheap labor force. Right. Well, and you have to make good consumers. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and but, you have to pad in aspiration. Like, right. You got to buy these things to get to a certain level or whatever. Right. But, you know, so, I, you know, getting rid of the so-called chain migration, to kind of the basis of our immigration system, you know, our, our, our immigration system, like, passed in, like, 1965, it was mostly, uh, you know, in, in an instant enactment is been uh has had family reunification as its basis so and so republicans and trump and a number of democrats they want to make it they want to gear it more towards uh skills right they want to bring more people in with skills uh and they want to lessen uh the uh the ability to bring family members over but in order to actually you know pay people the low wages and to have them uh come in you actually still need people's families I mean, there's a lot of unpaid labor that goes into keeping uh, the uh, people able to work right, here. Right, right. Um, you know, families take care of kids. They uh, immigrants. They pull. Uh, they pull their resources so they can buy property and they can start a business. And so, if you if you just say we're just going to let people into this country that have a certain skill set and you know and not consider people's families, I, I think you're also going to see that backfire. Yeah, <clears throat> totally. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just, you know, they spend so much time talking about, oh, I don't know. It's just like, it's weird. It's like, okay, so they they, they passed this executive order last night, um, and, um, you know, they're going to ostensibly end family separation at the border or whatever, which, why was that happening in the first place? This is a genuine question. I mean, like, I'm... Do you, either of y'all know? Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher it, but like, so I mean, I just want to know what their justification for it was. Well, their justification is they say that they have a zero tolerance policy now, so they are prosecuting every, uh, I guess, 
illegal uh, border crossing. And so they're turning it into like I've read this because they they are using like the courts as this just uh-huh. ever churning mill just to immediately get people processed and fucking back to their countries or whatever. But but they're also into. Detaining, detaining people indefinitely, right? Yeah, and uh, what this executive order is doing is it's trying to codify uh, indefinite detention for families. Right. So I, I think right now current law says you can't keep a child more than 20 days or something. Well, this executive order, you know, everybody you know, on my Facebook's like, oh my God, we won. Right. You know, <laughs> families get to stay together. Well, they get to oh, stay together in fucking, in fucking jail. jail. yeah. Indefinitely. <laughs> Tent yeah. cities, yeah. So, and... You know, I don't know. At least, you know, at least they're together now. Well, what I saw was... Um, That's peak Democrat. Yeah. No, they don't care about anybody's material conditions as long as, you know, they... <laughs> as long as they got each other. <laughs> well, and, and maybe this goes back to what we were saying earlier, because, again, I don't think Trump has this, like, sort of 12th dimensional chess thing about this. He's sort of making it up as he goes along and whatever. But doing that executive order last night actually was helpful in some ways because it released... A certain degree of anger of people's anger, like it released, it was a pressure valve in some ways. Well, I, but and then, well, I don't know. Maybe that's a sort of simplistic way of looking at it. Well, no, I mean it's it, good for him. Uh, Trump's an abuser. I mean, right. it's, it's it's an abusive behavior. So like he creates the problem, and then uh, you know brings everybody to a boiling point. And then just <laughs> offers yeah. offers just a tiny bit just to relieve that little pressure, right. and then he expects us to praise him, and yeah. then when it, and then it just moves on to another thing. So nothing is ever good enough, and that's the problem with uh, I think uh, a lot of people in this country, especially the people that are calling for civility on our part and civil discourse. It's uh, they think well if we just you know if we just speak professionally and like you know we we give praise where praise is due. Like, uh, you know, things will work out. <laughs> they but. treat it like like it's fucking, uh, like, if they were just, like, watched a red X-Men. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Magneto's not coming off this shit. You know what I'm saying? No, no, it's, no, it's just, it's, it's gonna stay bad and it's going to get worse. No matter, you know, how respectable you are uh, to, uh, to the Trump or the party. Right. I just let me clarify. I'm with Magneto. I'm just saying, if the Democrats are <laughs> Professor X and company, I see your yeah. Maybe it's a bad analogy. It's kind of an inverted analogy, but it makes sense. Professor X and them think that you they can believe negotiate. in decorum and yeah. all that shit. Well, yeah. Right. I don't know. You're all you're all's governor, uh, Governor Matt Bevin. Right. Uh, did you all ever read that? I, I, I seem to remember an article. I can't remember what it was about, but it was like writing that. You know, Matt Bevin is a warrior. And, you know, the, the Democrats in, in this state, they just don't have an answer to that. And they think that, you know, the rules apply. Right. Well, the rules don't apply. Right. And they're not going to apply. And you, you can't have somebody who, you know, isn't going to be an advocate or isn't going to be a warrior. But <laughs> when you on got all side. the rising stars in the state house saying they voted for Bevan's guy. Yeah. It's like, uh, just psychologically, he has the upper hand when they come in. Like... Who the who are the fucking Democrats gonna run in Kentucky next time? Uh, Nobody can like Bevin will win. Tom Sexton. <laughs> Bevin will win. Tom Sexton. And like we're saying now, like after the whole teacher shit, we're like, man, there's no way in hell that motherfuckers getting reelected. Yeah. 
He probably will. Watch. I mean, who the fuck? Mitch McConnell's <laughs> urging him to run again, stay home, Dude, run again. It he's is, thinking about jumping ship. He'll I like win again. I like to. Um, I, I read this article the other day about how Andy Barr, before the executive um, order, Andy Barr split with the Trump administration, and uh, he, about this policy. And you know, and, and the funny thing was, like, the headline was like. Andy Barr splits with Trump administration over child separation policy, but then it's got like 10 batshit insane quotes underneath where like, we need the most utmost secure borders and lock them in fucking cages and throw them away, but... It's like know, almost like the Joe Manchin <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where Joe Manchin right. was like... Right. He, he Like he was the last Democrat to sign right. on. But, and then he's like, oh, but here's what we need. We need fucking land Black mines, Hawk helicopters. Black Hawk's motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, he was like <laughs> listing off M-Raps. He wants like fucking Brownsville, <laughs> Texas to look like they're playing goddamn war games perpetually. 50 motherfuckers with 50 caliber machine guns mowing them down. Mowing them fucking down, baby. <laughs> Dude, but, and then, but then they had, so they had Andy Barr, but then they have McGrath. Amy McGrath, wasn't that her name? And yeah. then, and then it's, it's just her classic fucking scenario where she's like, of course, I support a strong secure border and it's just like you don't have to say that no no one and and why don't you go to voters in kentucky and say these people are full of fucking shit (laughs) and just say right what they're telling you is just not true objectively it's just not true they are lying to you what what is logical about needing black hop helicopters to stop six-year-olds yeah to me like there's nothing more morally clear about that i mean that's the only thing that people can agree on though is like securing more money for the border i mean obama did that when he so we had a chance for a while that they thought of you know passing comprehensive immigration reform but and in preparation for that obama didn't want to appear weak and he was just like so we started deporting the fuck out of people yeah and this was just this was to uh you know quell any uh, Republican thoughts that he was weak or that he was going to be weak on the border exactly you know so but all we did was push the needle further right. You know, now the only thing that is acceptable policy <laughs> is to uh, fucking deport people That's and detain it. them. Yeah, now. yeah. And you know, so you're right. So you're, it's like when you've got that. I mean, and plus, I was reading an article the other day. Not only were they deporting people, but years before any of this started, they were drugging kids. Like they were giving them psychotropic drugs just to fucking make them shut up because. You, Understandably, they're losing their shit. My daughter loses her shit if she doesn't see me for like eight hours. Exactly. They're, they're guards, drunk, sexually harassing, raping people. Just the like, one kid, yeah, the one guard raped a four-year-old. This girl. is Obama's fucking legacy, and and this yeah. and it's just like, and it's the same thing when like you know I'm not gonna pretend like I wasn't deeply disturbed by everything I was reading last week, but at the same time it's just like, how are you not surprised? Well, yeah. But this is what this is the world you wanted. Yeah. But also, like, look at where we're at now. Now we're just happy. Oh, at least the kids are together. Well, we're not talking about indefinite detention. We're not talking about not provide uh, about immigrants having no access to legal representation. We're not talking about four-year-olds and six-month-olds going up and being in front of judges without any form of representation. <laughs> we're talking about all the front. They've gotten rid of all money. Just every single dollar that was supposed to go towards advocacy and assisting immigrants, they've just got rid of that. It's yeah. all just border security money. Yeah. So now the needle, you know, of w- the range of what is acceptable to discuss is now we're just talking about like uh, maybe the kids should be together with the parents while they're in jail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Life's hard sometimes, you know. They'll get through it. 
But but they don't even that have kind a, of shit. Well, they don't even have a plan for that because they don't even know if they'll be able to get some of these kids back to their parents. There That's is true. no plan for that. <laughs> it, no, 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 no. They do have a plan, my friend. <laughs> oh yeah. Twenty three and me dot com, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Gonna match up are the they, DNA. Are, We're gonna find they, them, baby. This was Wait, a real thing. It's a real thing. This is a real <laughs> did thing. Did they suggest no it because shit. is there like one of those fifty percent discounts going on right now? Is oh, they do have a discount deal? going on right now. Yeah. I mean, if we're gonna get a deal, I mean, maybe I figure know, figure out where you come from. Yeah, it's a double edged sword though because all the white motherfuckers who are woke but are saying they're they're Native American are staying the hell away from that. <laughs> the hell away. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Belarusian? <Right>. What? <laughs> what? No, I'm I'm one sixteenth Cherokee. No, I'm one sixty four Shawnee. Yeah, on my mother's side. What this? Okay, but seriously, I mean, I just ha- I just all week I just want to make like an impassioned plea to anybody who listens to this show and is not at least come around to think having socialist sympathies. How do you not see stuff like this and think that? This country is moving further and further to the right, and that there is not disaster on the horizon for every fucking thing you can think of. I was, we and Tom were just talking about this yesterday. Climate change, disaster. Immigration, disaster. I mean, health, you know, our individual and collective health, just disaster. All of it. And I feel like hell right now. Capitalists and neoliberals on, on down to the municipal level, they just have, they have no answer. They have no vision. There's nothing. nothing. Right. And, and things are... <laughs> No, they're deferring on all policy concessions. They're deferring to these fucking, uh, fucking tech utopian guys that create these problems. Fucking push out, fucking cab drivers in the yeah. case of Uber. Yeah. Well, what's crazy to me is that society, not not just the 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 elements of our, that society is literally falling down around us. Yeah, you know, it's like I was reading this story the other day about New York City. Um, it's in Harper's, and it's like about how <clears throat> it's about how like it, it, I read it's just yeah this amazing statistic about how during Bloomberg's mayoral reign from 2003 to 13 or whatever, they built four forty thousand buildings and tore down twenty five thousand. It's just like the only capital that gets actually expended out in the world and used it's all invested in like just private pri- private property yeah and and like in all the institutions we had built up for the longest time like a welfare state and public uh, a co- public commons the commons yeah. you know we thought that like those things were going to support the sort of nuclear family and that was the success of capitalism but both of those things are eroding now are eroding you've got a public total. welfare state that is just to- municipalities are just going broke left and fucking right and then you've got like what like what I was saying like once you've started to erode that like you're going to start seeing problems in our abilities to maintain families and like all of these sort of capitalistic aspects of the system that were built on that like home ownership and all that shit. So all that is just crumbling. Yeah. And so yeah, so it's so like and 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 so what you've got is people looking at that and and when they look at those like us us just sitting around, us three, like we'd look at that and we'd say, "Oh, this is the obviously the work of the people at the very top of the system. This is the CEOs, one percent, the elite." But the Trump people look at that, and I shit you not, I'm not exaggerating. They literally think it's because of immigrants. That's that's what they've literally embodied. They think that deep down. My dad thinks this. 
They oh, think oh the Trump. Oh, the Trump voters. Yeah, I thought yeah. You meant like the. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. No, they, 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 they think that like the villains in society that the reason that all these things are falling apart um, is because we've got people pouring through the fucking board they'll believe anything man I was like I was talking to Tom I was having this conversation with my dad and he was telling me that people come to this country from Canada to get health care no they don't exactly that's ne- that's, just, that's never happened I just once. wanted to fucking scream they like, paid one guy to say that one time but that's <laughs> He didn't do it. This is the fucking thing. Man. If, if they did, it was some rich bastard that just wanted to, you know, come for, come to see some specialist. And all, I love how they how they demonize that. They're like, well, fucking Canada. You wait at the doctor's office for four hours before you see a doctor. It's like, what the fuck do you do here? <laughs> I've yeah. never gotten straight in to see a fucking doctor. Not once in my life. Yeah. No, it's 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 crazy, but um. But they've embodied it all, man. They've fully taken it in and internalized it. Well, and now they're seeing what they want to see. They, I mean, they trust me when I say there are a lot of people out there. Trump's inter-party approval rating is higher than any president since FDR. It's like that they, they, they truly believe this stuff. But this blue wave's coming. And this is, what, this is why I'm trying to make this impassioned plea to the liberals. We have to beat these people, yeah. and you can't fucking do it. Get the you fucking step. Get the well, fucking lead out and of and your you ass. You don't do it by reaching across the aisle or trying to satisfy a Trump voter to try to get another old white dude to vote for you. Exactly. You, you have to build a bigger base. You have to enfranchise more people. Yeah. That's the only way it's to the do only it. Way. It's the only way to we do it. We can't outgun build them. A bigger group. All these people having these fantasies online of violent revolution are fooling their fucking selves. You see yeah. what the police state's been beefed up to? The fucking military industrial complex? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go ahead, pal. See what happens to you. Yeah. All we've yeah, got... You're looking for your fucking profiles and courage moment and circle jerking your buddies online. Quit with the shit. Yeah. I mean, I admire it. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe I mean, in it in I mean, theory, but, but it's just I'm not. Since I'm here, I, I really wouldn't mind if we went and, you know, shot some shotguns later. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. I've got one. <laughs> the other day, I asked Alex, "Is like, this shotgun you gave me, is it a 12-gauge or a 20-gauge? And he sixes me back and he said, I've already put down a deposit on the, can, uh, you know, on the canoeing <laughs> place. And I was like, I'm not going to kill myself. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot myself if that's what you're implying. Nah, I mean, <laughs> it was one of those weeks that I was supposed to check. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just easy. You know, it's, it's something small. It's something that, you know, the mind can grasp. I mean, people don't bat an eye when, you know, J.P. Morgan or, you know, another company, they, you know, they steal billions. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody dumps a bunch of PCBs or PFOAs into the, you know, in, 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 into a system, but by God, you know, those, you know, those, those welfare people, uh, those 2% of welfare people yeah. in Erie County taking like an extra $200,000 yeah. over 10 years. Oh my God, we got to yeah. fucking shut down welfare. Yeah, And here's the thing. Think about like what you just outlined. You have to be literally insane to actually believe that. So when it, trust me when I say you will not convert any single person who thinks that. It is a it is a mugs game. It is yeah. a waste of fucking time. It's a waste of love. I mean, it's a waste of emotion and shit. And this is you know like everybody you see these fucking 
things on Twitter. People like you gotta cut out your racist family members and Trump fans. It's just like it's just like no, you don't. (laughs) Tell them to their fucking face. You're going to defeat them. Like that's that's what you have to do because you're not gonna convert them. No, you're not gonna change their minds. You have to beat them in the arena of fucking politics. Politics. Politics is the answer. (laughs) That's the thing. It's not. It's politics isn't some little fucking one-upsmanship game you have with your fucking family or whoever. Or or pointing out hypocrisies. This is real shit. Yeah. Yeah, People are in fucking cages. This is real shit. It's not just a fucking point game argumentation you get in on yes on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not into that pointing out hypocrisies thing, but to Alex's point, one one that I do like to point out is that like food stamp fraud is like less than a hundred million dollars here in this country. But the goddamn Pentagon can lose billion a hundred and twenty billion dollars in their couch cushions. What what wasn't like something like twenty one trillion that they can't account for. Yeah, they can't account. <laughs> it's like twenty one. Oh yeah, over trillion. time. Yeah, over time. I'm just talking about like last year they lost like hundred twenty billion. Just yeah. Came, yeah, I don't know. Just pulling their pockets out and they're empty. Like I <laughs> the fly, fly comes out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What's it called? When, what's it called when we just print more money to make it uh, make the numbers right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just uh, print. I get it. I think I read something the other day. Like 20, somebody wrote like twenty-one trillion. It was like some some Harvard or MIT study found twenty-one trillion dollars missing <laughs> since like nineteen ninety. That would be funny to run a government, just like, just print some more money. <laughs> oh, it's been done. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Yeah, what about it? No, I don't. I don't. I don't care about Bitcoin. You think the government could just create that out of thin air? I don't. I don't know. You know that maybe that. I wonder if we could tax it. <laughs> yeah, can we? I don't know. I don't really know what Bitcoin is. Here's the thing. All I know is people like to collect it. It's like the new gold. I used to talk <laughs> it's to the new Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I used to talk to Alex about this. Pogs. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Pogs will be the currency in the communist uh, dictatorship. But it would be funny to work as an, in an enforcement agency in a heavily communist state. Like, something that, like, goes after, um, like, an enforcement agency that, like, goes after cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. You know, you're just kicking in people's door. <laughs> <laughs> Cough it up, sir. <laughs> yeah. It would be pretty, it would be pretty fun, I think. I guess what I'm saying is that I'd love to run, uh... Last week I said my dream job was being a clear, clearly I have authoritarian uh, desires. Clearly I want to because last last week I said I wanted to run a newspaper or a magazine where I'm the managing editor and I just tell everybody. So so where do you fall on the political compass? Authoritarian left. I guess maybe I do, <laughs> but only if I'm running it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying... You, so the people that you can date... I think they, they, they actually made a list of people you could date based on the... Based uh, polit- on the political compass? Political compass. It might be... Uh, you might have to date, like, you know, the old guard or something. <laughs> the, old, the old revolutionary guard. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I think we should examine that. We need a cult of personality uh, dictator. And I'm just saying, I've got nothing going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm available. <laughs> I think I... Could, yeah, I can, I can either uh, date you know my union rep or uh, or somebody that you know can make Molotov cocktails to keep me warm at night. <laughs> you know, I can go, I can go down, to, I can go down that spectrum too. Right? Are you so you're not on the authoritarian left? Uh, part of the yeah, it really just depends on the issue. Yeah, 
<laughs> You're on the line. When it comes to agriculture, very authoritarian no, left. No. You gotta Yeah. You gotta plan the farms, man. The vanguard. Right. Well, fuck. <clears throat> um So damn, maybe we maybe we uh we really went in on just one single speaker piece. That's the most we've dialed in on ever on a single speaker piece. I mean, that was awful, but, you know, it was a gem. Thank you for reminding me of that. I'd forgotten all about speaker piece. Oh, here's, oh, a, here's, a little, here's a little palate cleanser for you, you guys. <clears throat> if there was anybody Jeff Foxworthy was talking about with his, it <laughs> might be a redneck routine. Yes, I'm so glad you read this. Well, if you call the swap shop looking for social <laughs> services and saying you need a welfare check live on the air, you may be a redneck. <laughs> you might be a redneck. <laughs> I heard this happen live. That happened. That's so that you thing. called this in. Yeah, I called that in. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I need three applications for this. Is the Patreon not coming this month? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Patreon's not coming There's in. There's been so some hangups. Yeah. Damn. Damn, damn. Oh, damn. let's see what else we got here. Why, why do I keep doing that? Oh, man. Yeah, that Tucker Carlson shit put me in a bad place. Before the Civil War. <laughs> oh, that that one's not a funny one necessarily, but you might like it. One Bible passage was miss, in, quote, in, in parentheses. parentheses, used again and again by slavers as an argument for slavery. Romans 13. Guess which Bible passage Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions used to defend the, the cruel practice of harm? I can't read. What the fuck is wrong with me? The cruel practice of harming immigrant children. Romans, Romans 13. 13. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do remember. They didn't have to put Romans 13 at the end. They should just left that. I remember having that, that quoted at me as a teenager when I was, uh, you know, not, I've hated George Bush and shit. I had Romans 13 quoted at me by my youth pastor. What is Romans 13? What's the... It's basically, like, you're supposed to respect authority. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Oh, yeah. I, one that was always thrown out at me is uh, rebellion is the spirit of Antichrist. <laughs> it's like... Really? Well, Satan was the first union organizer. Well, I don't know. I grew up Unitarian Universalist, so... Yeah, Alex you know, grew up... all Greek <laughs> to you. <laughs> you lucked out, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Like we can read the Bible today, or we can read something else. <laughs> yeah, sing kumbaya songs. Literally, I've been to a few Unitarian Universalist sort of events. You, you hang around social justice circles long enough, you wind up in one. You, st you stumble into one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I you got to walk a line. I mean, my rebellion was to join the military. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? Um, that's a big debate on Twitter right now. Which which part? Whether ex-soldiers should be in the in the uh, I don't know in the in the left. <laughs> if you should welcome ex. I hang soldier. out with Alex because he's an ex-soldier. It gives <laughs> I get valor for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I got this buddy. He totally went there, man. Dude, man. <laughs> No, no, that's bad. That does. That sounds really bad. I don't mean it like that. I just. Um, well, I, I think the DSA Veterans uh, Committee—they're doing a lot of good work, and yeah. you know, I think it lends a pretty solid perspective, um, especially if you, you know, understand. Uh, well, you can't tell the story of class in this country without the military. No, I, that's uh, no. No, that's yeah, honestly absolutely. where I, I, you know, I mean, I grew up, you know, being taught 
talk to about class but and but it wasn't until you know I joined the military where I felt like I truly experienced uh, class and I think I developed a lot of my consciousness uh, in the military and, and after my military service that you know I, maybe I would have come to it uh, without it but you know I'm I think uh, I, I think uh, within uh, the military you can there's a lot of chance to develop class consciousness but you know that's yeah again it's it's a it's a whole long debate and it, it's just right i don't know we're here to tell you kids you don't have to do that anymore alex <laughs> actually died so you didn't have to do that. <laughs> don't do it kids <laughs> don't do it there's other ways there's easier ways yeah um yeah no I think those people are terrible pushing their kids across that border so they can come into these United States, send every one of them children back to Mexico, even with a bulldozer. God. I'm, dude, I'm telling you. Damn. There's some really dark shit out there right now. And it's really crazy when you see, and, and that's what I'm talking about. You have these moments, and maybe it's just from Facebook or my family or Speak Your Peace, where you have mo- these sort of events that happen. And when people dig into reactionary positions like this, it's really you really I don't know man it, it you again you have to detach yourself enough to say I'm never going to convert this person because only an insane person can justify sending a child back in a fucking bulldozer bulldozer I mean yeah. like that 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 literally happens in Gaza too this, by the way yeah, they this, bulldoze kid people in their fucking I, homes So I can't stress this enough when I say these people believe these things and they mean it they will go to links to actually see it done, and so you 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 should keep that in mind. You're, and 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 ask yourself: Are the tepid, lukewarm politicians I'm uh, currently supporting who do they have an answer for people that want to bulldoze not just humans <laughs> yeah. but baby yeah. humans? <laughs> and the answer is no, no. They don't. The most exact. If a person like Amy McGrath is going to tell you we need secure and safe borders. You need no, to you get, need the to get fuck. fucked. Yeah, is you what need, you need to do. Right? Yes, exactly. Get the f- as far fucking away from that person as you can yeah. because they want the opposite of what you want. Right. They want they want to be able to sleep at night. Is basically it. They're fine with the fucking blood and the misery and everything, but they just want you to think that. Um, that they're not that they're actually morally outraged by it this is why this is what i was talking about the other day man this is why conservatives are so much better at outrage than liberals and, it, and it's just like because they could they actually believe these things they're yeah. cra- and and especially I mean, this is i guess what i'm talking about like media conservatives because you got to be craving to be in the media anyways and yeah. so it's just like <laughs> so it's not much of a moral leap for them to just be actual genocidal pieces of shit like tucker carlson and these right things. I don't know. I got in an argue with a friend of mine the other day. You know, he's been real big into supporting uh, blue candidates and sending them his money. Um, and okay, man, what a <laughs> what a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he espouses all these values, but you know, it comes down to it, he's a rainbow capitalist. But the oh god, I actually I stopped talking to him for a little while because this is uh right when uh i mean the god israel it's been going on for a while but right. like you know uh, i think a recent m- most recent uh, bad thing bad thing in gaza <laughs> he's just like i just don't care i don't think that's really a that's not a core issue for voting in america and i'm like he's just like i was like that candidate amy uh, amy mcgrath you know she supports like israel's right to defend itself <laughs> 
And then <laughs> does you know, she really? That's that was of on her. She does. Yeah, it was on her campaign oh, platform. Fuck her. She probably um, flew planes in and out of that motherfucker. <laughs> and then after the, she just got done strafing thirty fucking villagers. I, oh, I'm gonna go but, refuel. And there's like, but these. he could sit there and tell me that he cares about kids and cares about everything in, in, in one one swell. But then you know he's like, when I say that, well, how can you vote? How can you give money to a candidate that you know isn't gonna condemn what's going on in Gaza right now? And his answer to me was, that's just I don't I don't see that as a core issue. Yeah. I was like, he's, he's I don't see how that's important to the election. I'm like, that's their basic moral fucking compass. If they're not even willing to. Uh, you know, acknowledge, you know, that what's going on is at the very least apartheid and, you know, more likely just genocide. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you how. That person is, you know, not fit for office in my book. No, no, exactly. No. And it's the same thing with like ICE, too. I mean, this is like I was telling Tom, uh, Tom the other day. It's like, I, say, I saw people on Twitter being like, oh, this, this Democrat is embracing abolish ICE. This Democrat is embracing abolish ICE. I mean, like, good. I, like, yes, that's good. I mean, I, I don't want to throw water on it and be like, oh, whatever. If we can somehow work the electoral system to get to a point where we can abolish these fucking thing, these institutions like ICE and Homeland Security, that would be great. I'm, that that would be awesome, and I would work. I'll absolutely work towards that. But which, that's which, not, by the way, have only existed for what? Fifteen years. Ten, fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, around that. We're just talking about it. It's like we 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 the got whole, along pretty Homeland well. Security has only existed since two thousand two, and they spend more on immigration and, and customs like enforcement or so than any other enforcement agency combined. Right. F- FBI, ATF. Is Tom Ridge um, still there? Remember, is he? Remember when Tom Ridge was the? I just remember during the whole anthrax scare. I remember hearing the name Tom Ridge <laughs> a lot. There's a king of the hill yeah. bit about it. I was like, that's a good dated <laughs> reference. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I I should clarify. You know, I guess what I'm saying though is that like, I don't think that maybe the party infrastructure exists for that to happen. Maybe they can actually do it. But I guess what I'm finding out and what people, I guess, need to internalize is that there is no party that exists for anybody that's not the ruling class like the democratic right. party is that yeah. and 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 i'm not one of these people who's like a party like that should exist because i don't think that if a par- i think if a party like that existed i'm not sure that it could enact the reforms and things we need right. to, but, but also when we talk about politics as the answer we're not necessarily talking about electoral politics yes anyway yeah that yeah, should yeah. be that right. sh- distinction should be made right yeah i mean the, i don't know i guess i guess five days out of the week i fall on the side of electoral politics are dead in but but that's just because what i've seen in my lifetime right and i'm only basing that off of experience but it you doesn't know? mean that we so you know it's I don't know. People are like, well, one or the other. Well, we can't just focus on one or the other. We right. have to do both. We have to do pr- yes, we have to yeah. do both. It doesn't really mean do. that just because I'm saying that. Yes, I, I I believe in working on electoral politics. Doesn't mean that I don't think that we should be devoting a majority of our efforts into building our own structures and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely in right. Our own community. Our own doning, donating, doning, donating mechanisms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tip me at Act Blue. <laughs> I was talking about your point about Amy McGrath and sort of all that stuff. I was I was going to bring this up, but I couldn't scramble to find it. But I wanted to mention this before it got too untopical. What? So a friend of mine made this post. It was just about basically, in essence, you know, 
Uh, he says, uh, I could not be more in favor of providing Latin American people with sanctuary from their sometimes awful conditions in their home countries, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And in the comments, enter this guy that says two parts. I hate when people tee it up, tee things up like that. <laughs> two parts. <laughs> two parts. Yeah. That two makes parts. me sweat. Two parts, period. <laughs> I sweat. Yeah, I'm over here getting nervous. <laughs> and I remember being so palpably angry on this when I was taking a shit at a Baymont Inn in Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky this morning. Uh, one, it is frustrating how there is a complete absence of Latin American violence in our political dialogues. We just make movies about fucking drug cartels, you fucking idiot. Sicario. TV shows. Sicario. You're a goddamn Narcos. fool. Narcos. If the talent- any portrayal of a Latino in uh, any cop movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What was that cop movie we watched together? <laughs> end of Watch. End of Watch. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys remind me of the End of Watch gun. <laughs> by Marxists. <laughs> if, if, if the Taliban, ISIS, and a nuclear North Korea, which I don't know if this is like, I, I, I'm not persuaded North Korea ever had a nuclear, cap- nuclear weapon or nuclear capabilities. More on that in a minute. Same year, huh? Uh, have clear antagonists where 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 is the international response to the cartels or other Are you fucking serious, dude? <laughs> and are like, you not fucking paying attention? <laughs> you know, I think there are people out well, there who generally one hundred percent genuinely think that cartels want nukes. <laughs> oh yeah. They think that What would they even fucking do with a nuke? <laughs> What are the maintenance costs on a nuke? How much cocaine would you have to sell just to maintain a nuke? God Good damn, damn man. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of blow. Oh my god. Uh, they're working on no, they're working on lean infrastructure, man. They don't want they don't they don't right. want that shit. Yeah. But l- l- listen to this shit. The biggest fucking oxymoron I think I've ever come across. Further questions could be should the United States and our allies consider militaristic efforts to reduce the violence? A militaristic effort to reduce Reduce the the violence. violence. You, sir, are a goddamn idiot. (laughs) Uh, Violence in Latin America. How much is how much is the economic and social obligation we should take with that? Oh, 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 dear God! Where do where do where do we even start with that? I mean. Hold on a second. Let, let, oh, oh, let me There's more. <laughs> oh, remember, remember, two parts. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm new to this uh, podcast game. Yeah, Second, I learned, and I'll leave these guys' name out, that economic relief by migration towards urban areas is inevitable. What is being witnessed, though, is that instead of migrating toward one's national capital or metropolises. <laughs> I don't even think that's a fucking word. Plural? Of Why don't you just say we're migrating to metropolitan, metropolitan areas? areas. <laughs> or metropolis. People really want to sound Metropolises. Smart. Metropolises? I don't know. Uh, anyway. Metropoles. 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 Mm. Anyway. Sexy. Instead, for many, immigration... E M I G R A T I O N. Oh, yeah. We won't, we won't knock him for that. He w- that was bait. He wanted somebody to tell him that he spelled it wrong so that so he could be about, like, grammar no, Nazi. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not police people's grammar. Nah, I don't believe in that. It's classist. Is, uh, is a significant alternative. But who can blame them? 
Itinerancy is a fundamental human right. You can't tell people where to live same-wise as you can't tell people who to love, what to believe, <laughs> or other classical liberal ideas that I thought were self-evident. But I digress. Well, what does he think? What? I, well, I, I don't know. I, first of all, I thought that identifying as a classical liberal, that, that, that tells you a lot about somebody. <laughs> from Jump Street. If somebody identifies themselves as a classical liberal. Right. Yeah, what is it? Well, t- they're not our friend. It means well, that they are Are we going back to like the third estate here? What are we what, what do they mean? I guess is it they mean like someone who is believes in the constitution and um believes in free trade Inquiry and, Adam Smith and free thought and sense. decorum apparently. I, I mean a classical liberal can I mean can, I mean, they could be a constitutional monarchist. So. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I would, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of cases of that. Right. Like that guy's probably a constitutional. Oh, yeah. What, what, what was his point about? Um, what was his point about? You can't tell people where to live just in the same way you can't tell them who to love. I guess he was advocating, man. I thought he was just saying we should all just throw our passports away. But, but, which is a good but, idea. Wasn't he, was, but wasn't he also just talking about a military intervention? I mean, yeah. I mean, if he's a classical liberal and he's like studied all this, like you know, we've been fucking around in South America since the Monroe Doctrine. Right? Oh, way, way, way back. Yeah. <laughs> right. But also, I just don't understand how anybody could look at this and say we're not actually paying enough attention to the drug cartels. <laughs> Like this is the the bogeyman that they're using to justify all I this. I know. <laughs> mother, you know, not to go down too far down that that lane, but you know, didn't we didn't we kind of create uh, M thirteen MS thirteen M thirteen club I think we created that M thirteen club. Yeah. Through our deportations. Is that what? So what are the origins of MS thirteen? I really don't know anything. They're Salvadorian street gang, right? Uh huh. That's all I know about them. I know yeah. that. But they're, know they're about, started by a, a bunch of people that we deported back in like the 80s and 90s. Interesting. And then, yeah. I don't know much else about them. I know that Lisa Ling went to a, a prison in El Salvador. And one of the guys said very menacingly, if we wanted you dead, you'd already be dead. And she just had this like real <laughs> crazy look on her face. And I think that's where. Uh, MS-13 captured the imagination of the American conservative. <laughs> also, there was another prominent story about one of one of the MS-13 like cutting a fetus out of a pregnant woman's stomach and like throwing her in the Hudson River oh or something. Oh my god! Like, like, yeah, fucked up things do happen, but this is not like. Uh, well, it's like we were saying earlier. Every sort of like ruling class uh, or whatever has. This sort of like bogeyman, and you know, in the eighties it was the Libyan terrorist, Libyan, <laughs> and in the nineties it was the super predator, which Hillary Clinton played a huge role in yeah, creating. That's right. In the two thousands it was uh, j- jihadists, jihadists, you know what I'm jihadis, yeah. Um, and now, now it's fucking MS thirteen. It's so fucking. It's just so fucking dumb. So I don't know if I'm allowed to Google stuff. Is this like Scrabble? Absolutely. <laughs> Podcasting as Scrabble. <laughs> we, uh, we should institute that rule because me and Tom get way too much fucking shit wrong to have any excuse. Like to have all this data at our fingertips. Uh, we're we're, we're instituting Scrabble rules here. We, uh, you can. We'll allow you a pass. Okay. All right. Well, no. MS thirteen is apparently started in like nineteen eighty in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. 
Democrats. That's what I thought. I thought I remember watching some hyped up fucking Trump uh, propaganda thing on Discovery. You know, like Discovery will be like going inside MS thirteen. And then they'll like follow three guys around. <laughs> there, was, there was this kid when I lived in Las Vegas. There was this kid Edwin that went to the school that that my ex girlfriend worked at, and to like you know like how in the same way like uh, uh, you know you had those guys that like alluded to having like an uncle that was like mobbed up or some shit to like get people not to fuck with it yeah edwin always made allusions to his because his brother that would always pick him up from school and he was all tatted up and shit he'd always be like you know uh he's he's affiliated ms13 and he was salvador i would fuck it up i'd probably be selling trying to tell i got an uncle team in ms14 i mean 13 the m13 club ah god damn it so they originated in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean the Kiwanis. God damn, that's not the- <laughs> MS thirteen. He's a- he's in the fucking Rotary Club. All right. <laughs> yeah. When is there? You got me. You want to beat me up? Beat me up. Hey man, that's how we'll know society. Rotary Club's dangerous. Yeah, they really are. They're basically a bunch of rich. Yeah, they they're they're bringing immigrants in, right? <laughs> I think that's where PizzaGate started. <laughs> Kiwanis. <laughs> Fucking Kiwanis. Listen, folks, we've got these there's these guys, they march in all the parades. They wear these really funny hats. Listen, they got little feathers on them. They're fucking, they're collecting glasses for blind kids. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, I, that would be, that would be a really nice turn if, if Trump went to like uh, demonizing the Knights Templar and the Masons. Man, that'd be great. It actually would not be like far off brand. Like Alex Jones has been doing that for. That's true. That was his grift before, before Obama. Yeah. You know that was, you know, b- breaking into Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove that. with that one dude, John Ronson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So BMS thirteen came from Los Angeles. What's their connection to Sal- El Salvador? Well, that's okay. So this is going to sound like a stupid question. Maybe one of you can answer this for me. Um. And all the discussion I see about, like, oh, we've got people... So, I read this article earlier today about how there are more displaced people in the world right now. There are more refugees. It's something like 60 million, 68 million. There are more refugees in the world right now than at any point in history since World War II. And um, there is, like, they're calling it a refugee crisis, which sounds fucked up. I don't know. Like, a migrant crisis or whatever. But um, how much is what's going on right now... With people coming from Mexico, not just Mexico, but South America and Central America, they say they're fle- the, the thing I always hear is like they're fleeing violence. On this, ultimately, all this is pretty. Well, actually, it's kind of bullshit because more people are actually leaving the United States to go back. Not that's not like including deportations or whatever. Right. I mean, like of their own elect. I w- I always thought than the other way around. I thought that was kind of a result of like NAFTA too, though, right? Like, didn't NAFTA just sort of like obliterate a, a large large segments of the Mexican economy? And just concentrated more wealth into the top, and so you had, you know, people sort of families trying. Isn't that wasn't that one of the reasons why um, there's so much immigration from Mexico? And guys, I'm asking genuinely. I really have no idea. <laughs> it, it's kind of immaterial. Let me, let me, let me, it's kind of immaterial. But let, I'm just let me I'm go just back trying to 97. Identify the structural forces at work here. Yeah, I, you know, well, I mean, I think it led to a restructuring, a pretty heavy restructuring of Mexican 
Mexican economy. I, I'm not sure what areas it, it decimated. I mean, you had the maquiladoras in northern Mexico, but I'm I'm pretty sure it decimated the uh, uh, a lot of the indigenous uh, agricultural yeah. uh, industry because it really I think NAFTA really opened up uh, Mexico to uh, U.S. Uh, crops and U.S. corn, which uh, at least when I was in Oaxaca in 2004, that was uh, that was a pretty big deal. But it's like corn. Yeah, like didn't the Bush administration like subsidize corn? Because we, they we put, they wanted ethanol. We in. heavily subsidize corn in this country. It wouldn't be profitable otherwise to grow feed corn or any of that stuff. Why? Because <laughs> not a lot of people eat it. No, it's in everything, but it's uh, but the, the prices are really low on it. Um, anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of corn subsidies, and yeah, it, they went up even higher. Uh, yeah. Because of Bush and ethanol and his whole you know, biofuels push. <laughs> so maybe we need someone on this podcast. I'm going to turn this podcast into a corn pot. To a corn <laughs> pot. Agriculture podcast. I want to talk to somebody I mean, who can tell me how we're going to plan the agriculture sector. Well, if we, let's, <laughs> I mean, if we want to talk about agricultural terrorism, the shift from uh, of customs and border protection from, you know, looking at agricultural goods to, like, you know, I'm going to just, you know, track down a bunch of illegals right that has actually decimated uh and that has brought a lot of pests in this country and cost this country billions of dollars every year <laughs> in well, agricultural pests and lost uh that's what that's what those right. terrorists on 9-11 did <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right isn't this sort of the so the net effect of 9-11 if you really want to talk about how it's really changed our lives <laughs> we've let it in. drove the price of corn up Right, and <laughs> it brought in the Japanese or the uh, Japanese, Japanese stink Japanese marmorated beetle. stink beetle, stink yeah. bug. <laughs> some bug. Yeah, but yeah. no, you're right. Like that would be in an actually functioning non-fascist society, the role of border customs and shit would be just checking to make sure that the shit we're bringing in doesn't have some kind of bull weevil that's <laughs> yeah, going to some kind of moth. Yeah, that's going to eat up all of our crops and fucking drive prices up. And <laughs> but now. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Good point, Alex. Bing. This is, uh, not only is this... It's really funny that you say that because, like, you notice how Trump's, like, using that sort of dehumanizing, like, infestation oh, language, yeah. all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With regards to humans, not bull evils. Dude, it's so dark. It is really, it is really it's, dark. So, back on, uh, M13, I'm just gonna call him the M13 club. <laughs> That's all right. Um... <laughs> We're on their side. Let's see. Marastrucha. What is our stance on Mister? Yeah. I mean, according to Wikipedia, um, a lot of the gang members from Los Angeles uh, were deported. Uh, and so instead of uh, addressing the underlying conditions uh, that, you know, caused people to want to join a gang, we just kept deporting them. And that turned into a recruitment uh strategy so we the more people we deported the more they were able to recruit and so the larger the game was able to become interesting uh, yeah so this is kind of like one of those taliban situations where a classic uh addition by subtraction it's american tradition right there it's american tradition it's an american tradition <laughs> creating our future enemies well and well, well we're repeating <laughs> We're repeating those same mistakes. I mean, I don't know if you read those pieces come out of uh, New Jersey or in Long Island and whatnot, but like where they talk about MS-13, you know, getting hold, toe holds in our high schools and whatnot. Well, 
we're just you know deporting those people again <laughs> and the issue is still there right so we're repeating the same mistakes I, I apparently from the 80s and 90s and i guess we made the same mistakes well, in the 2000s <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine somebody in 300 years going on a, on a podcast talking about American history and they're scrolling through the Wikipedia page going, looks like they made the same mistakes in, uh, yeah, to that. Well, they just couldn't get it together. <laughs> well, let's, we'll, we'll make the same mistakes in 2019. Don't go to the 2030 tab where I'm communist dictator. <laughs> let's uh, looks like you turned on me. Let's let's play. Let's let's consult the crystal ball. Who's going to be our next uh, sort of uh, bogeyman that we're going to pin all of our eels on? So if it's following a trend, right? So yeah. who, let's start. Let's just start picking arbitrary starting point. Are we talking about? I already know. Okay. I know exactly who it's going to be. What they're going to do? Uh, like after all this, MS thirteen is. Oh just yeah, no, going to the wind. What we're going to do, man, is once the you know if we're going to keep up our current um, trend of. Humiliating uh, agency heads in public, shutting down prisons, actually, you know, establishing a very effective and powerful left in this country. And so, what they're going to do is merge MS13 with like a, <laughs> a, a militant leftist group, and it'll be the Zapatistas. <clears throat> be, they're going to go next. to what? We got invade Oaxaca, folks. <laughs> Chiap- or Chiapas. Chiapas so. Yeah, right. Good, yeah. It'll be the Zapatistas. And then. Listen, they're sending us all this coffee. We don't know what's in the coffee. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we were going to merge like Antifa with like MS 13. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the same thing. Subcommandante Marcos and me. <laughs> I'm kind of more. He's got a badass rig with like the, the ski mask and the pop. Fuck yeah, dude. The Zapatistas are the shit. Yeah. <laughs> They are, man. That's badass. Yeah, yeah, I'm with them. There's a, um, there's a really. They're good, doing something right. They're still around. There's a really good John Berger uh, article I sent at Tom a while back. It's in the, it's in that book. I was reading it earlier. That's why I bought the Zapatistas up, I guess. But um, where he do you do you read John Berger? Did either of y'all read John Berger at all? Uh, I just read a bunch of sci-fi. Yeah. I got ants, man. I can't read good. Um, he, he well, he's wrote about this. He wrote about um, Hieronymus Bosch, that that the Dutch painter, the yeah. artist, Flemish yeah. painter. Yeah, yeah. Hieronymus. I never know how to say it. The Garden of Earthly Delights. He's got was, one of the. Was he a surrealist or? Yeah, Her, he paints hell a lot, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, but he wasn't a surrealist. Hellscapes. In, he was like in the 1500s. That's we call it what it is. We don't know how the hell to talk he about was, art. He was a long time ago. I know. <laughs> we that. just know the names and we know we like or we don't like. Right. Well, he's got a, John Berger has a really good essay about him, and he's talk, and you, so you know the so you know at least what the Hieronymus Bosch painting looked like. Yeah, the yeah, sort yeah, of typical yeah, 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 one. Just yeah, yeah. chaos. Yeah. Fucking hell. Like a fucking big bat with its mouth right. open and fucking. I just remember a lot of things of coming out of people's butts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- things coming out of people's asses. Bloody dicks flying out of bat mouths. <laughs> <laughs> Bosch's prophecy was of the world picture which is communicated to us today by the media under the impact of globalization with its delinquent need to sell incessantly. Both. Okay, wait, hold on. Actually, let me go back a second. So, okay. Ima- again, imagine things flying out of asses. Bloody dicks, everything. There is no horizon there. There is, con- there is no continuity between actions. There are no pauses, no paths, no pattern, no past, and no future. There is only the clamor of the disparate, fragmentary present. 
Everywhere there are surprises and sensations, yet nowhere is there any outcome. Nothing flows through. Everything interrupts. There is a kind of spatial delirium. Compare this space to what one sees in the average publicity slot, or in a typical CNN news bulletin, or any mass media news commentary. There is a comparable incoherence, a comparable wilderness of separate excitements, a similar frenzy. Bosch's prophecy was of the world picture which is communicated to us today by the media under the impact of globalization, with its delinquent need to sell incessantly. Both are like a puzzle whose wretched pieces do not fit together. And this was precisely the term that Subcomandante Marcos used in a letter about the New World Order last year. He was writing from Chiapas, southeast Mexico. He sees the planet today as the battlefield of a fourth world war. The third was the so-called Cold War. The aim of the belligerents is the conquest of the entire world through the market. The arsenals are financial. There are nevertheless millions of people being maimed or killed every moment. The aim of those waging the war is to rule the world from new abstract power centers. Megapoles, there's, that's the word, not metropoles, but megapoles. I guess that would be yeah. what your guy was looking for. Megapoles of the market, which will be subject to no control except that of the logic of investment. Meanwhile, nine-tenths of the women and men living on the planet live with the jagged pieces that do not fit. <clears throat> so, uh, Subcomandante Marcos... He sees the battlefield. He sees the planet He's, today. He's uh, bearish on rural and bullish on <laughs> urban. Or did I get that backwards? Right. Bearish means yeah, he is, sailing. He right. is. I guess he is pretty. What's Chappas is mostly like? A, I don't know about much uh, about. I don't know. I know they live kind of in the <laughs> farming area. They, they, they do coffee, right? Like a lot of that. There's a there's a lot of uh, extractive industry in Chappas, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Alex is Mexican American. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can click. We can click off that diversity <laughs> checkbox. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. This is. We're gonna end the episode on this. Um. But I just want to go through the seven pieces of this puzzle that Subcomandante Marcos lays out. None of this you, is a nice. Are you, are you bringing? Are you bringing this book on the canoe trip? You want me to? I kind of do. I'll bring this book on there. I can read to you. Read to you all of John Berger's essays. All right. The first piece... That'd be nice. The first... This is, uh, again, Subcomandante Marcos, his seven-piece puzzle to uh, getting a complete sort of Hieronymus Bosch triptych um, view of the world as it stands in this current moment. The first piece he named has a dollar sign on it, and it is green. Little caricatures but that's all right the piece can- <laughs> yeah, keep going <laughs> the piece consists of the new concentration of global wealth in fewer and fewer hands and the unprecedented extension of hopeless poverties <clears throat> the second piece is triangular and consists of a lie the new order claims to rationalize and modernize production and human endeavor in reality it is a return to the barbarism of the barbarism of the beginnings of the industrial revolution with the important difference this time around that the barbarism is unchecked by any opposing ethical consideration or principle i'm gonna read that again in reality it is a return (laughs) i don't think you're listening to me (laughs) i'm just kidding the new order is fanatical and totalitarian within its own system there are no appeals its totalitarianism does not concern politics which by its reckoning have been superseded but global by but global monetary control. Consider the children. 100 million in the world live in the street. 200 million are engaged in the global labor force. The third piece is round like a vicious circle. It consists of enforced immigration. The more enterprising of those who have nothing 
who have nothing try to immigrate to survive. Yet the new order works night and day according to the principle that anybody who does not pr produce, who does not consume, and who has no money to put into the bank is redundant. Go off, King. So the immigrants, the landless, the homeless, are treated as the waste matter of the system to be eliminated. The fourth piece is rectangular like a mirror. It consists of an ongoing exchange between the commercial banks and the world racketeers, for crime too has been globalized. The fifth piece is more or less like a pentagon. It consists of physical repression. The nation states under the new order have lost their economic independence, their political initiative, and their sovereignty. The new That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. The new rhetoric of most politicians is an attempt to disguise their political as distinct from civic or repressive powerlessness. The new task of the nation-states is to manage what is allotted to them, to protect the interests of the market's mega-enterprises, and, above all, to control and police the redundant, as we just enumerated. The sixth piece is the shape of a, scribble, of a scribble and consists of breakages. On one hand, the New Order does away with frontiers and distances by the instantaneous telecommunication of exchanges and deals, by obligatory free trade zones like NAFTA, and by the imposition everywhere of the single unquestionable law of the market. And on the other hand, it provokes fragmentation and the proliferation of frontiers by its undermining of the nation-state. For example, the former Soviet Union, Yugoslavia, etc., a world of broken mirrors, wrote Marcos, reflecting the useless unity of the neoliberal puzzle. The seventh piece of the puzzle has the shape of a pocket and consists of all the various pockets of resistance against the new order, which are developing across the globe. The Zapatistas in southeast Mexico are one such pocket. Others, in different circumstances, have not necessarily chosen armed resistance. The many pockets do not have a common political program as such. How could they, existing as they do, how could they, existing as they do in the broken puzzle? Yet their hetero heterogeneity, I always stumble on that word, hetero yet their heterogeneity may, how do you say that? That's right. <laughs> may be a promise. What they have in common, common is their defense of the redundant, the next to be eliminated, and their belief that the fourth world war is a crime against humanity. That's us. We're the seventh piece. <clears throat> so, anyways. The seven pieces will never fit together to make any sense. This lack of sense, this absurdity, is endemic to the new order. As Bosch foresaw in his vision of hell, there is no horizon. The world is burning. Every figure is trying to survive by concentrating on his own immediate need and survival. Claustrophobia, at its most extreme, is not caused by overcrowding, but by the lack of any continuity existing between one action and the next that is close enough to be touching it. It is this hell that is hell. It is this that is hell. <clears throat> the culture in which we live is perhaps the most claustrophobic that has ever existed. In the culture of globalization, as in Bosch's hell, there is no glimpse of an elsewhere or an otherwise. The given is a prison, and faced with such reductionism, human intelligence is reduced to greed. Marcos ended his letter by saying, It is necessary to build a new world, a world capable of containing many worlds, capable of containing all worlds. What the painting of Bosch does is to remind us, if prophecies can be called reminders, that the first step towards building an alternative world has to be a refusal of the world picture implanted in our minds and all the false promises used everywhere to justify and idealize the delinquent and insatiable need to sell. Another space is vitally necessary. First, an horizon has to be discovered, and for this we have to refine hope against all the odds of what the new order pretends and perpetrates. Hope, however, is an act of faith and has to be sustained by other concrete actions. For example, the action of approach, 
of measuring distances and walking towards. This will lead to collaboration, which de- deny collaborations, which deny discontinuity. The act of resistance means not only refusing to accept the absurdity of the world picture offered us, but denouncing it. And when hell is denounced from within, it ceases to be hell. In pockets of resistance as they exist today, the other two panels of Bosch's triptych, showing a- Adam and Eve in the Garden of Earthly Delights, can be studied by torchlight, torchlight in the dark. We need them. I would like to quote again the Argentinian poet Juan Gilman. Death itself has, death itself has come with its documentation. We're going to take up again the struggle. Again, we're going to begin. Again, we're going to begin, all of us. Against the, de- great, against the great defeat of the world, little companeros who never end, or who burn like fire in the memory again and again and again. Damn. Well. That's how you podcast. <laughs> that's how you fucking do a podcast. <laughs> thanks for joining us Alex oh man thanks for having me <laughs> well hopefully we don't die on our canoeing trip well I gotta finish making our tabbouleh and you gotta pack yeah I gotta pack but uh if but. if we do die this was a hell of a last episode to go out <laughs> on man that, oh, yeah. so that last oh. part was just like <laughs> well, very apocalyptic in a weird way well I don't know I don't I, 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 didn't, I didn't find it apocalyptic no 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 I just mean like with the Hieronymus <laughs> Bosch thing <laughs> like yeah. all this like book of revelation esque language in yeah. these seven pieces and then like well, the image of the flaming bloody serious? dicks flying out of bat mouths <laughs> This is serious times. I think one thing that I pulled out of that was, uh, you know, maybe I'm completely misinterpreting it, but he was talking about, you know, seeing the horizons. I think part of our role as, um, you know, socialists is to point out the limits of our current system. Right. Um, Which, yeah, is something on the opposite end. The Republicans do extremely well. Yeah, uh-huh. extremely well, and this is why they're but, good but at they're, politics. But they're saying that you need, we need to accept something that's within that system and something less. Right. So, I think our role is to is to show the limits of our current system and and to say, you know, these are the constraints of of government. Uh, but from that point, uh, craft a vision of what is possible. Once, right. Uh, we show that these are the limits of our current system. So, you know. Uh, you're right. That is traditionally, you know, I was listening to that Revolutions podcast about the Revolution of 1848 and about how, like, the first socialists and the first Marxists, like, they distinguished themselves from all the other existing radicals at the time by by critiquing the limits of society, by saying, like, um, this is how far we seem to be able to go. You know, and why why does it have to be this way? I mean, you you can intercede in history. We that is, what and that's what we have to do. I mean, it's like what we were talking about earlier. Like, the horizon for every single issue that we list that you can even think of is catastrophe. It's calamity, and the only way to stop it is by, if is if leftists can intercede in that. <laughs> I I hope that within my lifetime, maybe my vision will be the one that's, you know past and overthrown <laughs> yeah yeah well that would really bring it full circle it might happen tomorrow <laughs> your vision might be it might happen tomorrow are you worried about strainers 
I'm a little worried about strainers. Let's let's not worry about strainers. What's strainers? It's like a it's a tree across the river that you can drown in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no big deal. Tracks and or get impaled on, (laughs) or I mean, just about any imaginable uh, bad thing. Trees and water scare the fuck out of me. I did go under one with Regina Donner one time. Oh, yeah, that was really crazy. I mean, it pinned her, like, uh, against against it, you know, and it just took her right out of the boat, man. Yeah. It'll yeah. take you right out of the boat. No, my... Oh, man. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a life, it's a life-changing moment. It's a yeah. life-changing moment. Your yeah. first strainer. Right. See what you're made out of. So if I die tomorrow, this will be my last episode. <laughs> Death by strainer. <laughs> it's nice knowing you, audience. I mean, where, where, would you, where would you rank this episode... Like you know, I'd say it's in our top five. It's a str- it's a strong one <laughs> to go out on. <laughs> yeah, I got I got ants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good one. It's a good one. All right, well, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep the I'll try to keep the trillabillies complete. <laughs> you got to move back, man. <laughs> this will be your moment, though. This will be your moment. This will be like John Bonham dying. I'll I'll, I'll do you better than uh, I did, Tom. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to go but up. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.